0: The following podcast is brought to you by The Village Zendo. For more information, visit
1: villagezendo.org. As you can
0: tell, I don't do many Zoom meetings. My name is Kancho. I'm a senior student here at The Zendo. And thank you, Bokushu. Thank you, Rieshin um may we completely realize the tathagata's true meaning that is a phrase that really struck home to me this week on um, Thursday uh, when i heard um Riton Roshi's talk and uh, it doesn't really tell us what the true meaning is does it it just it just asks that we may act, realize the tathagata's true meaning and we see this a lot in our lit- liturgy uh, what is the meaning of Bodhidharma's coming from the West, for example? It's a question that's often posed. And um, the answer is never given, the answer up to us to find. Um, there's a cone about that, too, uh, that I really like. Um, and it's about this guy called Elder Ting. Elder Ting stands motionless. And what Elder Ting did was he asked his teacher, Rinzai, he said, What is the meaning or the great meaning? of the Buddhist teachings. And I'll come back to that cone in a second because um, I've seen this Dharma talk coming off on the horizon for a while and I've, I, I was wondering for a long time what to talk about. And the events of this week have really affected me deeply. And I, um, my mind goes back to 1990, um, shortly after the fall of the Berlin Wall. And I was in Dublin, Ireland, for a brief period. I was working in France. I came home and I saw a production of Hamlet that really blew me away. And what was remarkable about this production was not least the fact that it was all in Romanian. The entire, it was uncut in Romanian, no subtitles given, no nothing. It was just presumed you understood the play. And the it was, it was acted and directed by Jan Karamitru, who went on to become the Romanian uh, minister for cultural affairs um, after the fall of the dictator Ceausescu. This production had been produced under the dictatorship of Ceausescu, and Ceausescu, like many tyrants, was very paranoid, we've seen a bit of that this week, paranoia, uh, worried about uh, you know, the mobs coming to take him in the dead of night and that kind of thing. He was very superstitious too. And so he banned all depictions of ghosts. Ghosts were not allowed. You couldn't paint them. You couldn't make movies about them. And certainly Hamlet fell into the banned category there because the whole impetus of the play revolves around Hamlet seeing a, an apparition of the ghost of his father. And the ghost tells him that he was murdered by his, uh, his uncle took over the kingdom and they got around this the play was uncut which is rare but they got they got around this by having um this guy just mysterious guy walked onto stage in the background Was hamlet did both the ghost's speech and his own speech as some kind of like schizophrenics kind of, for want of a better word, and that's that's not the best way to describe it, but sort of dual personality thing as if it was coming from his own psyche. And the guy in the background just played some atonal music on a piano very softly. And it was really chilling. Um, But that wasn't the most remarkable thing about the production. What was really remarkable, and it's something that most people don't get when they put this play on, is that everybody knew that King Claudius killed his brother to take over the crown. And no one says anything. They all pretend it's not happened. And that, 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 that lying, that sort of yes manism, just came across so, so, so um, uh, strongly. And of course under Ceausescu that wouldn't have been lost on the audience that saw it. So it was a very powerful play in that respect. And it was more powerful, I guess, in the fact that it came right after the Romanian Revolution, um, which we, I remember it was televised. It was one of the first things like that that was televised, much like what we're seeing today as being televised. So
1: Ham- Hamlet, of course, is a, it's a notoriously difficult play. Uh, and um,
0: it, nobody quite knows what it really means. There's lots of... Debate, there's been tons of debate and books written over the centuries about it. And Shakespeare doesn't give us all that much in the terms of clarity. And that's kind of typical of Shakespeare, I think. But it's notorious, it's very complicated. Um, not least because, well, first of all, some people believe that it's about the change from the um, superstitious medieval past into the more enlightened um world of reason of the renaissance i think this is a sort of an allegory about that hamlet who's educated doubts the ghost. he doubts that he, he doubts the ghost he doubts the motives of the ghost. so that becomes the basis for his indecision and what have you he doesn't know what the ghost means so um i think the best example of this kind of one of the things that people take away from the play is that um, people hear what they want to hear it's another theme in the play and it's demonstrated really well by this poem that the character of Polonius finds Polonius is 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 an um, assistant to King Claudius his main advisor but he's also the father of Ophelia who's this beautiful um, girl that Hamlet is supposedly uh, in a relationship with and he finds a, a love note by Hamlet to Ophelia that he decides to read out in court as a sort of a petty way to get get back at hamlet and um i'll just read you the first four lines of the poem they go doubt thou the stars are fire doubt that the sun doth
1: move doubt truth to be a liar but never doubt i love and there's a, more to the poem, but basically people take away what they want. King
0: Claudius hears naked ambition in that poem and Queen Gertrude hears shame. Um, Polonius hears frustrated longing for his daughter and his daughter Ophelia, the subject of the poem, thinks Hamlet is mad. Um, and you could, you, you could derive those meanings yourself by reading it but if you boil down what those four lines say it says doubt everything that's true but
1: know that it's true i love you which could mean i don't love you but could also mean i do love you and which is it to be or not to be that is the question
0: the maddening world of hamlet it's a real rabbit hole that play and uh well worth uh, Going down. Um, but back to our practice, I bring that up because I'm talking about meaning today. And in our study text for this Ango, um, uh, there's a few lines that speak to this. Um, Shadoka says um, release your hold on earth, water, fire, wind, drink indeed as you wish in eternal serenity. All things are transient and completely empty. This is the great enlightenment of the Tathagata. Transience, emptiness, and enlightenment—these are the ultimate truths of Buddhism. So it it tells us what the true meaning of the Tathagata is, doesn't it? But it goes on to say, the awakened one does not seek truth, does not cut off delusion, truth and delusion are both vacant and without form. But this no form is neither empty nor not empty. It is the truly real form of the Tatagatha. So it's are thrown into that sort of rabbit hole world again as well if it's well, you know if it's empty and not empty or
1: what that mean? Uh, um, I had a coworker years ago
0: when I first came to the Zendo um, and I told him that I was uh, starting to practice Zen. He goes, oh, Zen, Zen, I know all about Zen. So oh, really? I said, yes, yes, I, I practiced Korean Zen for many years. I, I even learned Korean and I went to Korea and I did many months in the monasteries there and, and, whatever. and I said, oh, that's great. What community do you, do you practice with? Oh, I don't do it anymore. Well, well why not it says oh like well, um, everything's empty all we're all one so i figured um you know i go about and i my, my daily life i see people in the streets see everybody here it's all empty we're all one i don't really need to practice anymore i got it like, oh and it was it was kind of disturbing to me because in some respects you kind of know that going in to Zen, don't you? You know about inter- concepts of interdependence and emptiness and what have you. But I think one of the terrifying things about things like that is that, is, is, is that we might come to the conclusion that there's a pointlessness, a meaninglessness to, to life. And um, I think of a, another 17th century playwright, John Gay, he put on his tombstone Life's a joke, there's much
1: to show it. I thought this once, but now I know it. And I think that to be in that space is dark,
0: it's dark. And Shadoka says again, to live in nothingness is to ignore cause and effect. This chaos leads only to this disaster. The one who clings to vacancy, rejecting the world of things,
1: escapes from drowning, but leaps into the fire. but we all want meaning, don't we? And people often
0: talk about the spiritual search and the spiritual search for meaning and and, yes, we do. We do search for meaning. And what is meaning? I mean, The best that i can tell and this is my own personal meaning of meaning if you like is that um it's it's a comfortable understanding that concludes a story that we tell ourselves um but its nature is it's amorphous it 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 shifts and it changes according to circumstances uh we always do our best to shore this story up and when finally all evidence suggests that the story is is not correct we either reject the evidence or we decide to change the story i mean we see it in the extreme with like end of the world cults right you know on january 17th at 2 a giant dragon will come down from the sky and swallow the earth and at two forty-six on january 17th the guy goes well actually and another story comes in to to justify five, and, and
1: the, the end times are rescheduled as it were um Meaning, meaning is sort of an explanation for
0: things that we become comfortable with. It's, um, we identify with it and it becomes part of our identity too. Um, but you know, what does it mean to be Irish? For example, uh, it means a lot, I suppose, um,
1: um but, um, yeah, if, we derive meaning from the stories we tell ourselves. It's, there,
0: these are stories of the things that bother us, uh, things we try to see answers for, seek answers for. Um, by the way, we're, we're engaged in grasping in some respects when we, when we hold on to meaning. Um, and grasping, as we come to understand this, is uh, it, this, the satisfactoriness at the root of our suffering. Not content with this, not content with that convinced of this or repulsed by that. Um, what distinguishes us, I suppose, as animals from other animals, most other animals anyway, is our capacity for narrative. Um, storytelling is intrinsic to our nature. It's part of it's, it's part of our DNA, quite literally. Uh, but human society, law, government, money, nation states, these are all stories that we all have on some level a baseline agreement as to what they mean. And so we act accordingly. I mean, I, I mean, uh, this week to hear Putin talk about his reasons for going into Ukraine, I mean, however unhinged and terrible we are, what I saw was a, was a twisted sort of middle-aged guy in a lot of
1: pain, Um, very aggrieved, and felt justified for what he was doing, and made
0: up a story accordingly. And he probably believes it. It, it, We all know it's total BS, but um, look at the power of that.
1: That's, That's tremendously powerful, horribly powerful in this instance.
0: Um, And, of course, today we have access to an unprecedented access to all of the world's stories at all times, the Internet. Um, There was a recent poll done by YouGov website that um, showed that 66% of people under 30 in the United States believe that the world is round. Just 66% of people under 30 believe the world is round.
1: The rest believe it's flat. crazy but back to elder ting elder ting asked rinzai
0: what is the great meaning of the buddhist teachings
1: rinzai got down from his seat walked over to ting grabbed him slapped him pushed him away and ting just stood there
0: and a Monk, you can almost imagine going, <coughs> you know, Elder Ting. Um,
1: why do you not bow? And so, Ting bows. And while he bows, he is greatly enlightened. There's also another story about Ting
0: and the commentary, which I love. I'll read it to you. Once in Chen Chao, Elder Ting was returning from a vegetarian feast, and he rested on a bridge. There he met three lecturing monks. One of them asked, what is the meaning of where the river chan is deep, you must plumb the very bottom. Ting grabbed him and was about to throw him off the bridge when the two other two lecturers frantically tried to rescue him saying, stop, stop, he has offended you elder, but we hope you will be merciful. And Ting said, if not for you two, I would have let him plumb
1: the very bottom. In this Dharma talk from
0: last Thursday, Rachel and Roshi spoke about the precept of not speaking ill of others. And he very eloquently brought forward um, how our unconditional accepting of what each moment has to offer is is in actuality the the precept of not speaking ill of others. Would it not be true to say that Ting when he bowed, it was an unconditional? conditional acceptance of what that moment had to offer. And that, perhaps, was his insight. That Ting wanted to have that monk understand that plumbing the depths of the river was something he needed to unconditionally accept. There there is a phrase that jumped out at me in the Shadoka when I first read it. It's only three words. It says, in our dream, in our dream, And it presupposes that we are living in a dream with those three words. And again, I thought about Shakespeare. Um, In The Tempest, one of his problem plays uh, is rarely, rarely formed. Prospero is this Baustian figure that was kind of an Elizabethan trope. The idea of this person that surrounds themselves with all all of the world's knowledge and imbibes it and becomes a great sage. Prospero's conclusion is that we
1: are the stuff that dreams are made of. And I believe Shakespeare and many writers like him were cognizant of that, that we try to nail down the essence of reality, it just moves away. I mean, Even though we construct all these stories to justify
0: our existence, or we tell ourselves we are, well, I'm Concha, or I'm Tim, or I'm to my Irish name, I'm whatever those, those things, and um, uh, I still need to be cognizant of the fact that that's a story. But you, know, you, can't, you can't tell
1: the Ukrainian family, for instance, that the bombs uh, above them are um, empty. you know, they're empty, don't worry, you know, you can't, you can't, they're bombs. And so searching for meaning is, is, is important, it's necessary. Um, If I didn't understand that a red stoplight meant stop, then I'd be in trouble. But it, it, it even even
0: Acknowledging that our, our, our desire to understand this life is, um, is, uh, is a good one. We still need to see that it is at once what it is, and at once empty. Um, and understand that, as the Shidoka says, we have that jewel of no price available to us.
1: Um, beyond words and thoughts Um, that really at the end of the day meaning aside just this is all there is right here right now thank you